You know I love a high-low moment. From the heart of New York City. Morning, people. It's Morning People with Preston Conrad. Yep, into it. And it all starts right now. Guys, I am so pumped to sit down with Meredith Mark. She is one of the stars of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is one of my Bravo obsessions. We get into everything from what it's like to be on a reality show, sharing her personal life on air, to running a business, and her favorite places to go in New York, in Salt Lake. This is a jam-packed episode, and if you want to spend the summer on a yacht like Meredith, you might really like this episode. Anyway, grab a cup of coffee. Here is Meredith Marks. This is such a treat. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Happy to sit here and chat with you. We both got the blue memo. You're equally as stunning as in person as I've seen you on television. And I can't wait to hear more about this yachting trip because all summer long, I've been looking at your damn Instagram and I'm like, I want to be disengaging (laughs) from reality too. (laughs) When did you get back? Yeah, I mean, I got back about a week ago. I am going to still post a few more photos because I was in several other places that I just didn't post from because I was tired and didn't feel like dealing with it. So there's a little delay, but that's okay. It's still coming. Um, But yeah, I was in Europe for almost a couple of months and uh, started in London and then went all over France, all over Italy. Um, It was fabulous. No complaints. Did you bring your whole family with you? So my oldest son, Reed, was unable to go at all. Brooks and Chloe both were there for part of the time. Chloe actually spent the summer living in Amsterdam anyway. So that was really pretty fabulous for her. And then Seth came for a while. And then I had like a couple of gaps um, where I just didn't have family there. And so I also had a friend's 50th birthday. So we celebrated that with like 12 women, which was kind of crazy and fun. Oh my God. You're like, should there be a camera crew around this? Um, yeah, I think it would be pretty interesting. Awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> totally. How is Seth, by the way? Didn't you, did you, is your anniversary today? Your 26th anniversary? It is. Yes. Happy yes. anniversary. How, how is he? How are you guys? We're great. We're, you know, it's, um, it's really incredible how like, we've transformed our whole relationship. It's really been, it's an immense amount of work. There's a lot of, you know, positives, there's a lot of pain, but like we're finally in a really happy, wonderful space. Um, You know, we're unfortunately in different cities on our anniversary, so we'll be celebrating over the weekend. But, um, Uh you know, it happens. He had a business trip and just was, say love. How is it like, did you, did you have any idea like, what you were signing up for to have your your personal life be out to the masses like how is that how was that process of like like if i when i go through something in my relationship no one sees it let alone millions of people i mean were you like prepared to was it kind of like free therapy in a way maybe yes and no um there are it's it's really wild i mean yes in certain ways like the whole process of reality television is like therapy because you're you know constantly under scrutiny you're watching everything you do everything you say and re-watching over and over and hearing the world's opinions on it and everything else so 
you know, there are so many times I think in life where we're in in, uh, any kind of a relationship, any dynamic where something happens and you're, you're in your mind saying, Oh, I'm right. You know, I'm for sure. Right. I could, there's no way I could be wrong on this. And then you see the public like, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You screwed it all up, whatever. And you're like, Oh, wow. Well, maybe I wasn't right. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're getting like, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that way, but it also can be, it can sometimes be a little irritating too. You know, it's, you kind of don't pay attention unless there's a really loud outcry about something. Then you're like, okay, I must be in the wrong here. Totally. I mean, it's nice to have that like automatic looking glass just to like sanity check, but but it's just millions of people as your looking glass. What's harder doing a show like when you're making it or watching it back? Because I would I would imagine when you film a reality show, it's months later, like that you're rewatching or reliving these moments. Is it harder to watch it back than it is to kind of do it? Other than what I dealt with with my father's memorial, I would say, yes, it is always harder to watch it back. You know, my father, th- right. I that bet. was yeah. a very unusual circumstance. It was really, um, very, very difficult on me emotionally. So that was beyond yeah. anything else I've experienced on the show. But other than that, I would say definitely watching it is much harder. I would imagine. Um, and then uh, do you have to like tell your whole fam, like well, before you do a reality show, are you just like, Hey family, I'm doing this thing. You may come into this orbit. Like, do you have to kind of tell everybody that they're part of this thing by proxy or are they just like, excited for you and they're pumped to be part of the journey? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. It's certainly not the right fit for everyone. Yeah. And so in my view, it was like, this is what I'm doing. And I'd love for everyone around me to be a part of it. Yeah. But if you don't want to, that's okay. Like, you know, I have yeah. plenty of of family and friends who I've invited to a variety of events with, you know, filming or whatever else. And they're just like, I don't want to be on camera. And that's okay. I yeah. respect that, you know? That's a that's really nice. You give them the choice. I mean, I'm not going to – I can't obviously talk about a show. I don't want to talk about your show. But there – Speaking of not being on camera, to me, it's like I'm a housewife super fan. My I have some friends on Summer House, so I kind of know how the production world works. But like some of these housewives in these cities, when these things come out that they have some like trouble in the past, whether it's New Jersey or Beverly Hills or a scandal, like do you feel like you have to just clear every skeleton before you go into a reality show? Like I can't imagine coming to a show with a secret in my life and hoping it would just never come out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would think that would produce a lot of anxiety. I mean, in my view, for me at this point, after, you know, season two, I have, yeah. I, I'm really someone who's playing in a world with nothing to lose anymore because the things that have been said about me are a million times worse than anything I've ever come close to doing in my real life. So right. Right. aside from them basically saying I murdered somebody, which, you know, go for it. It didn't happen. I don't care. You know, I've gotten to a point where I just right. say, I don't really care what you think. I don't really care what you have to say. Yeah. I know who I am. I know how many times I've answered on a lot of subjects and spoken out and people just don't believe it anyway. So it's like, why bother? I'll say what I want to say. I won't say what I don't want to yeah. say. Believe what you want. Not my problem. I'm living my life. I'm happy. I'm enjoying it. And that's it. I think that's what I love so much about watching you on this show. First of all, 
when when your show in Salt Lake came to TV, I was like a Bravo super fan from the jump. I met Andy a long time ago. Um, and I was like, God, this is so fresh. These women are so fresh. And I loved how just honest you were about everything. And it was such a breath of fresh air. So thank you for your for your service in the Bravo universe. <laughs> it's been awesome. You are very welcome. <laughs> I want to ask you about, because we get to see it on the show, but I feel like we don't get to talk about it enough, is this jewelry brand that you have, uh, Meredith Marks Jewelry. And I actually, it's so funny, I had some friends that just relocated from Manhattan to Salt Lake. And one of the first questions, I was like, did you go to Meredith's store? I need to know everything. (laughs) But how did you get your start as an entrepreneur and as a jewelry designer? Because everything looks pretty beautiful and you've had some celebs rock your stuff. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a journey. Jewelry is definitely a very very competitive industry as are really anything that's creative and you know, you know yeah. that. We all know creative world is always competitive. Um and yeah. I um I've always had a passion for jewelry. It's something I I just absolutely love. I mean, I remember as like a young child watching my mother get dressed in the bathroom and like playing with her jewelry when she loved me. Right. And um and it's interesting because actually speaking of that, she had back back then these Marina B earrings and um Marina B is from like the Bulgari family. She recently did made a, a comeback. I, I'm not sure how it's going. I think pretty well though. Um, and it was so cool because they had gemstones on the bottom and you could change the gemstone to put a different color on. And I thought it was like the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. It was so cool. So chic. Bah, bah, bah. And so I actually have quite a bit of versatility in my collection. And that was really an inspiration for me. I have a lot of pieces that are, you know, two-sided. Maybe you have white diamonds on one side and black on the other. You can flip it over. I have things that can transform from, you know, pendants to um, earrings to rings, things like that. I have a patented uh, clasp that I can do that with as well. And that was like the versatility factor was just like a huge inspiration from my childhood. But really, I was mugged one morning and I thought I'm not doing anything I want to do. It was like you were mugged. Yeah. At 9 a.m. on Dearborn, 1400 block of Dearborn in Chicago, where like you would never be worried. Well, maybe you would now. But back then you would. No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wait. So were you wearing fine jewelry? No, I was super cash. I had just dropped my oldest son off at school. I was like in sweats. I was going to go to the gym and um, I had a handbag like hooked over my arm and I was on the the phone. I was actually on back then the Nextel. This tells you how long ago it was with yes, one of my contractors. I remember Nextel. Yes. I was like on the walkie talkie thing with one of my contractors because yep. I was doing some real estate development at the time. And, um, some guy came running up from behind me and slammed me down and went to grab my handbag, which was hooked over my arm. And I went like this, I wouldn't let go. Not because I meant to not let go, but you know, you're taken by surprise. You, your instinct is protect yourself. And so he was dragging me across the street by my handbag, which I wouldn't let go of. Oh my God. Wait, Mm -hmm. how have I never heard this story on television or somewhere before? Because you're one bad bitch. It's pretty crazy. Being dragged across the street. Dragged across the street. So the taxi driver had to stop because we were in the middle of the street. And he got out and started chasing the guy. And a painter who was working on the street heard, you know, all this going on. And he started chasing the guy. And 
a security guard coming out from the night before from the opposite direction, saw what was going on, grabbed him. And, you know, he went to prison for aggravated battery. Yeah. Oh my God. And after that, did you have like a moment and you were just like, wait a minute, I need a life reset. Is that kind of what like started that, this idea for you? 100%. So after that, I kind of was like, well, I'm doing all this like um, real estate development. I owned a um, a health club where we're, we're really focused on like Pilates and gyrotonics, yoga, stuff like that. Um, and between those two businesses, I was terribly distracted from my kids. And I just was like, you know what? I, I need to make a change here. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I need to make a change. And I took a little bit of time off after that. I sold all of my properties, which was, you know, a blessing in disguise because it was right before the, like the real real estate market crash, not the current one. Um, and, uh, I took a little time off. I was just kind of day trading for myself to keep myself out of boredom. And then um, one morning, Seth said to me, I have a business trip to um, India and Hong Kong. And I know that's where like a lot of stones are sourced and a lot of production's done. And I said, great, I want to come with you. And I think I'm going to start a jewelry business. And he looked at me like I was crazy, as did pretty much everyone under the sun, because we were in the height of the worst recession of our lifetimes. I mean, it was, it was yeah. bad back then. Hopefully it's not heading anywhere that bad now. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, I don't think it is. I don't think we'll get to I that either. level. I really don't. So I thought, well, this is the time to do it because there's, you know, people, the, the factories need orders. I'm not sitting yep. on inventory like everybody else. I can, you know, control what I bring in and, and people who would never work with me before will work with me because they need the business right now. You know, jewelry had been at that point, it's a little bit different now, but back then it really had very high barriers to entry. And, and most people in that business were coming out of a family business in the jewelry industry. Yep. Um, so it was not an easy thing to break into back then. But it's really, um, it's really remarkable. I mean, and what I think is awesome, I think what jumped out to me when I first watched your, your show, when it first premiered, I was like, oh, I love that these ladies, like they're not just launching a business because they're on reality TV. You have these established businesses with storefronts and packaging and e-commerce, and it's already there. What's it been like working with your brand as new Meredith being on television. I mean, how has that been for business? Is is your place become like a tourist tourist destination now? Yeah, I mean people stop in of course because they're they're fans of the show, which is great. We love it. Um yep. and we certainly have like a lot of merch and stuff like that. You don't have to be a jewelry buyer. We have something for everybody. Wait, can I come and buy a Brooks tracksuit there? Um, you can get the original one. We do not have the pride version yet. You know, those are being held very close to, to the original the one's the iconic one, the red stripe. It's a yes. red stripe on the black, right? Yes. That's the one I like. Yes. yes. Okay. We I'll, do I'll have, have to come. those in stock. It was, I think for our entire show, we had a very unusual circumstance, which was about a week after we wrapped filming season one, we were in a lockdown from a global pandemic. Um, I don't think yep. anyone else can say that happened. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's another thing I loved about your show is that it was it was one of the only shows out at the time that wasn't shot during COVID. So I was like, oh, my God, pretty ladies at a restaurant doing great things. Oh, my God, this is so fun. Not we're not in someone's basement watching a reality show. Like it was so it was like the last moment before the world changed. It was pretty wild. And so I think like 
it, it was really odd because we went from, you know, so much of my business prior to being on television really was in-person private events. It was a huge, yeah. huge part of my business. I used to do tons and tons all over the world. And that came to a screeching halt, obviously, in COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And even, even post-COVID, when people started doing things again, I was very nervous about it because I didn't want to be the one who was responsible for hosting a super spreader event, the set and the other. You know, I got... I was really very hesitant to go back into that world until everyone really got pretty comfortable with it. It, it was interesting. I had to really transition my business to online, and that had never been a huge part of my business previously. You know, it's 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, you and sometimes you want to like wasn't my focus. touch and see, and you want to be up and especially with fine jewelry. It's kind of like I have a home fragrance brand, and it's kind of this, like people want to touch and smell and see and experience it one on one. And online was it changed our business during COVID. Yeah, yeah. So I had to work on that transition, which you know is great because now we yep. have that added on and now we're starting to do our, our you know in-person events again and of course awesome. the store you know we definitely have a lot more traffic there as well so it's been good it's been great you know that's awesome um do you use social a lot to engage with your brand like to sell your brand or promote your brand because i imagine now your follower count. I mean, you're like half a million almost followers on Instagram. It's, it's insane. Like, is is that is the show following really dramatically help sales on social too? Because so many people that listen, I know, have brands, and they use Instagram or TikTok to promote their products. Yeah, I do a lot of that, um, but I think it's a balance. Like, I think that yeah. you know, people are coming to to my. I, I do have an Instagram for my brand. I have an Instagram for my store as well. And yes, yeah. of course, I promote stuff on my own personal Instagram too, but I, I think there has to be a balance. I feel like if everyone feels like it's just one big ad, they're just, that's not why they're following you. You know, they like it. I think exactly. people like to see what you're doing, what you're selling, what's going on, but you know, they really want to see like where you are, what you're doing, who are you with? But, but although for some reason, people don't I want to care see about the who yacht. I'm with. <laughs> I want the yacht. Yeah, I want the glam and I got it all <laughs> summer and it was beyond. <laughs> Speaking of social, like a housewife's fan is unlike any other. I would I guess I would say that for like the whole Bravo verse, right? Like it's unlike you could maybe compare them to like bachelor fans, maybe. Like they're even more they're even more intense. How do you deal with the good, the bad, the ugly? Like I imagine you have super fans. I imagine you have haters. How do you manage that? Because even for my little silly small account, it gets to me. Yeah. I mean, you try not to let it get to you, of course, but we're all human and sometimes it yeah. does. And if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I just completely disengage from social media. I do. Like, I, it's fine. I don't need to be on Ugh. there. I don't need to be, you know, liking things. Or maybe I'll just post my post and then stay off the comments, stay off of everything. I mean, I used to really try to answer everybody's comments and everything else. And I still do, but... You did? Not like I did. Not like I did. I used to be much more on that. And now it's it's not that I don't want to answer. It's that sometimes I just don't want to read the rest of it. And it's easier to just not read it than to like pick and choose what you want to deal with. I mean, to me, you never respond to a hater because you just give them life and that's all yeah. they want. And, you know, if I'm seeing a comment where I feel like I'm being misunderstood, that's been multiple comments, I may 
post something on my story or tweet something, but I don't respond directly to them. I just try to clarify the situation so that, you know, people can hear my side. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the haters usually just want want to respond. respond. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. They want you to respond. Like I had someone on TikTok say something kind of nasty. And I usually, I've gotten in this new thing where I'm like, you came into my room, I'm blocking you. I don't care what you, who you are, I'm blocking you. And I took the time to respond to someone and they were like, oh my God, I didn't think you respond. Um, so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. And I'm like, oh, well, so you're actually, oh, you're actually normal. I think they just want the acknowledgement. It's very strange. I I don't really know. You know, I just I personally cannot imagine going on somebody's social media who I've never met in real life and making mean comments. I mean, I can imagine writing something nice, but I cannot imagine writing something to somebody on social media. I just think it's strange, but each is out. It's so strange. That's why we live in the country we're in, free speech. (laughs) Yeah. What I love seeing is when like housewives or other um, reality stars like all chatter with each other in the comments. Are you close with housewives from other shows and franchises? I I do know a bunch of the ladies from Beverly Hills. I know a lot of the ladies from New Jersey. I know some of the ladies from New York. Um, I know Caroline Stanbury from Dubai. Um, I was going to ask you, are you watching Dubai? So I watched the first few episodes and then, you know, I I was traveling. So I'm behind on Dubai. I'm behind on Beverly Hills. I'm behind on all of it. I've got to get caught up because it sounds like there's a lot going on that I don't know about. (laughs) There is, but um, it's funny. So when I first, so you watch the first few episodes, I watched it and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in an alternate universe because it, it felt housewifesy, but there was a different production element to it. Like there's scenes of them just like opening their clothing racks, like that are just shot for these like bumper shots or whatever. And I was like, Oh, they're putting a little production into this, but did you like what you've seen so far of it? Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I didn't get that deep into it yet. And I'm, I'm curious to see how it all unfolds, of course. And I think it's nice to have a, a, a backdrop that's so different from any of the other franchises. I mean, yep. you know, not that, I mean, obviously Park City is different. We're a mountain town and whatever, well, Salt Lake City. Um, you know, it's very yep. different. You're in the mountains and it's a totally different vibe. But um, this is really, really different culturally and, and visually and everything. So I think that's like super, super interesting. Um, the women from what I've seen thus far all seem like interesting women to watch, but like, I have, I haven't delved that deep into it. So I don't have any strong opinions. You got to get into it. Caroline Stanberry brings it. Cause I was so sad when, um, ladies of London was canceled. It was one of my favorite guilty pleasures. It was just like such a fresh, like you said, like new take on a ensemble reality. I was like, Ooh, another country. Ooh, accents like this is, and I fell in love with her and she's great in Dubai. Oh, good. Well, I'm happy to hear. She's really a, a big reason why I went on Housewives. You know, I had really? we had spent some time together in Dubai several years back, maybe a couple years before I even was cast for Housewives. And just t- she w- told me about her experience with Ladies of London. It was everything she was saying was just so positive. I thought, oh, well, she can do it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad that you did. Um One thing that everybody loves to ask me about on Instagram and ask when I talk to people who are in the public eye is about favorite 
places and you are fabulous. You have traveled all over the world. You have been to New York. Did you live in New York at any time? You did, Never right? full no? time. Am I no, no, no. I just, I, okay. I spend three to five months a year there. Not, not five anymore. Now it's more like yeah. two to three, but I used to spend yeah. quite a bit of time there. 35, 40% of my time. There. Do you have any favorite haunts in New York as a chic go-getting woman that all of our listeners need to go and check out? Um, yeah, I mean, there are so many spots that I love in New York. Um, you know, it depends if you want to be uptown, you want to be downtown. Of course, I do love a lot of the places. Let's do a little downtown, too. little uptown. Okay, so downtown. <laughs> Uh, downtown, I would say, well, okay, we'll start with two of the private clubs that I like that are both downtown. One would be Casa Cipriani and the other would be Zero Bond. Uh, both fun, cheap venues. Um, I love Bond Street too. Fabulous. Uh, Sidell's for brunch. Mm Uh, Chinese Tuxedo. Oh my God, you are like top notch Meredith. I mean, I don't expect anything else, but you're hitting the good ones. (laughs) Where are you most likely to go and spend way too much money on apparel? Oh, traveling for sure. I always do way more shopping when I'm traveling and usually out of the country. Like Wait, I did me a lot. too. Why do I spend so much in Europe and not in New York? I live like a few blocks from Madison Avenue. I could go blow ev- all my money, but I only do it in like Paris and London. And when I'm traveling, it's yeah. so wild. I, I don't know. It's weird. I think because you're relaxed. I think when you're on yeah. vacation, whether, whether you're in the country or out, you know, if, I, if I'm in New York, that's not a vacation. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's just not totally. really LA. It's not either. Usually I'm there for a purpose. Um, yeah. And, but when you're somewhere where you're like truly like relaxed and whatever, it's just easier to shop, you know, when you're not relaxed. Wait, do you like like LA by the way? I do. I love LA. I love LA. Would you ever move there? Um, yeah. I mean, what I think where Seth and I are looking right now is we're thinking about taking multiple smaller properties in a variety of cities. And LA is definitely one of them. Uh, New York is one of them as well. Um, yes. you know, it has to, it just has to be the right fit. Um, yeah, I do too, because we, I don't like to sit still and, um, I, yeah. I get sort of get anxiety when I think about like really staying in one place for an extended period of time. So I think this is a better totally. plan for me. And so we're kind of just looking at I me. Mean, I'm waiting to see where the markets kind of soften first, because at the end of the day, real estate yeah. is a business decision. You know, I know it's not, to me, it's not just a home. I'm totally. not a homebody at all. Like it's, it's an investment at the yep. end of the day. So, um, you're a smart businesswoman. Yeah. So we'll see. LA is definitely very high on my radar right now. I feel like that market has softened quite a bit and there may be some opportunity there. And there's a lot of inventory just kind of hanging out right Mm -hmm. now that because Mm -hmm. it was so hot during COVID and I I was just out there and I was like, wow, there's some really good homes just kind of sitting here right now. Yeah. Yeah. So what about Salt Lake? Where, where are my new friends who just moved from New York? Where are the go-to spots in Salt Lake that they, or Park City, I guess, because they're kind of hand in hand, but like, where are the, where are they most likely to find Meredith Marks dining or shopping? 
<laughs> well, shopping, we all know, would be at the Meredith Marks Boutique. Um, that's the yes. easy answer. Uh, dining up in Park City, uh, certainly Handel. I absolutely love Handel. It's fabulous. And the one of the owners is actually fully responsible for me being on Housewife. She's the one who made the introduction on a group text between me, no Lisa Barlow, and the producers. Correct. Yes. So... Thank you, Megan, for oh Leanne, gosh. Lisa. Um, yeah. And uh, so love it there. It's fabulous. One of my favorites for sure. Um, Firewood, Yukiyama, uh, love Bill White's restaurants. He has a lot of them. You know, I want to say seven or eight restaurants in Park City. Um, yeah. So those are. I have handle. I just wrote handle down. I need to go check it out. What is, man, I'm running out of time with you. I could talk to you forever. (laughs) Meredith Marks, I'm already running out of time with you. What is next for you? I know there's a lot you probably can't talk about in your TV world. What's next for the brand? What's next for you and your family? We just heard a little plan about the real estate domination you're about to embark on, but what else (laughs) can we expect? Well, that will be slow. You know, I'll pick up things here and there as they come come around. But um, yeah, business-wise, we have a lot going on. Um, I'm really working on making Meredith Marks a full lifestyle brand. So we have a lot of new products coming out. Um, You know, I'm doing a, a... a bath line, disengage, everything will be based on engage or disengage and disengage is all sort of tied to lavender because that's where I found my Zen last summer was in the lavender fields in Provence after I was very traumatized regarding my father's memorial. And the engage part is going to be all kind of tied back to coffee because that's my like obsession in life. And I've been working on launching a coffee with a predominantly women-run farm where we'll give back a percentage of um, proceeds to a different female-oriented charity each quarter. Um, so that's like one thing we're doing. So that's, wow. you know, engage, disengage with the lavender bath products. Um, we have, uh, a lounge that we're working on that I'm hoping we maybe have found a venue, maybe in a journey. Um, oh but it's gosh. going to be you like, were very like going Lisa Vanderpump level. Oh, I almost forgot one of my spots in New York, the nines it just made me think of it. Cause I, I love oh. the nines. It's so yes. And that's Love. how I kind of envision Love. our lounge a little larger because that's really small, but, um, but that just vibe, it's so chic and it's going to be a very oh. like LGBTQ friendly space, not a gay bar, but the idea is about acceptance and inclusion. I do want to thank you for all you do um, to put a spotlight on our community. I think it's awesome. And I love that you talked about it on the show and everything you do and post about we are always appreciative. And I say we as the larger community, but I'm, I really mean me. So thank you. (laughs) Um, It's all my pleasure. My (laughs) pleasure. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's great community and deserves a lot of support that is unfortunately not always out there. So I'm trying. Well, we need more people like you and you're amazing. Meredith, how can everybody find you uh, separately from watching, streaming you and watching you on television? How can everyone find you on social so they can see more of your fabulous life? Sure. Um, on Instagram at Meredith Marks, on Twitter at Meredith Marks Zero, on TikTok at Meredith Marks, and on uh, the internet at MeredithMarks.com. Well, Meredith, thank you so much. Happy anniversary to you and Seth. I'm coming to handle, and then I'm going to come and buy a tracksuit and some jewelry. Okay. I love it. Well, thank you. It was so much fun chatting with you. And let me <laughs> know when you're you. coming to Park City. I will. I'll send you a DM. Perfect. 
Sounds good. Have a great day. Thanks, babe. Bye. This podcast is a part of the Upstarter Podcast Network. Podcasts are an amazing way for you guys to build and increase the value of your personal brand. So if you're looking to start a podcast just like I did, visit upstarterpods.com to get started today. 